we're on Barracks Action, a Rivenstone podcast where we discuss Broken Anvil Miniatures' exciting new war game. Barracks Action is hosted on the Line of Sight Network. You can find out more about the network and its various podcasts on LOSWarMachine.com. Another round of barracks action. I'm Spencer. I'm Red. And I'm Reese. Alright, so today we are going to be catching y'all up on a few more of the articles that have come out, as well as a quick review of the first Emily live stream. They gave us a whole bunch of awesome information about Rivenstone, including when and how it is releasing. So when is the magical date? We don't have a date, but we have a time frame. So Rivenstone is going to be releasing in late April. I said April. I think it was was late. Yeah, I think it was like late to end of April. Yes. So late April, via Kickstarter initially. After the first Kickstarter, we're then going to be getting regular releases. So every couple of months, we should be getting new releases. And those will come straight to the stores. Yes, just like a normal release schedule. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> I've tried to get Hungerford to say they're going to be quarterly, but he, had, he refuses to say quarterly, but every couple of months, to me, sounds like quarterly. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So it's every two to three months in my mind's eye as well. Yeah. It sounds so, pretty accurate. I mean, the one thing that they did cover on there that I was really, really happy to hear, or at least uh, that they have confirmed, is that the molds are being made in-house, the models are being made in-house, so uh, with them using a lot of in-house stuff, it means that delays are not going to be, uh, are not, I'm not going to say not going to be a factor, but at least will be lessened, uh, I'm thinking. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. the only stuff that they're not doing in-house are the dice and the uh, tokens and movement templates. And of course, there's also, you know, getting the CU cast itself. Right. <laughs> you know. Which I think, yeah, and that comes from Spain, if I remember correctly. Uh, There's like one company in Spain that does the Sia cast. Yeah, it's a proprietary (laughs) product. Yeah, the best kind of monopoly. Right. (laughs) It's it's good stuff. I've watched a couple of the uh, two videos for the Infinity Sia cast, as well as Mm. like a couple of um, videos of them doing like demos for it at. and it's pretty it's really cool so if anyone's interested in cocast like check it out yeah i got to um so i know that our gct studios who do the bushido um tabletop game as well started using cocast for some stuff and i've seen that um locally as well it looks really good yeah i saw some of the infinity stuff and the, the detail is like spot on like it is really really nice 
The only thing I worry about is it is a thermal resin. So like here in the Midwest of the United States, it gets pretty hot during the summer. And if you leave your models <laughs> in your car, you may have puddles of plastic. Uh, I imagine it has to get like super hot for that. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah. I, I, mean, I, 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 I have similar issues being in louisiana so. right true true i got similar issues being in australia <laughs> oh yeah most definitely <laughs> i i think each one of us should uh just uh tr buy uh, a small like whatever's the cheapest infinity model and then once the winter gets done just uh walk it outside and go all right how do you stand up but no, the um, yeah the 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 stream itself ran through a heap of stuff which was good. Um, but yeah the the fact that uh, Broken Anvil are doing everything in house for it is absolutely um, fantastic news to to hear. Um, and they um yeah so Kickstarter going live end of April. Um, and then the current sort of goal for delivery is the start of next year, so start of 2023. Um, but that's obviously over projective um if they can get it out earlier they'll get it out earlier but that's just to be like hey worst case scenario start of next year right i'm, I'm hoping for like a six-month turnaround instead of a one-year mm. turnaround yeah me too um it'll be it'll be really good to see it by sort of like you know the the holiday season at the end of the year right well and i mean if we can get a if we can get a rule book uh around the time of the kickstarter something as part of like the here, here's the rules so that you can get used to them. Here's some stack cards so you can take a look at them. We could actually probably throw some stuff on TTS, and even before the models even get to us, we could probably start doing some uh, some uh, mock-up play. I would definitely yeah. be all for that. <laughs> yeah. We know we're getting our first gameplay video soon because mm. the announcement for when and how they're going to be doing gameplay and whatnot it's going to be on wednesday when we're recording yes. in three yep. days so, <laughs> which is exciting so this wednesday we're going to get information on that yes which means it'll be oh. you know well 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 before the time this is released but, <laughs> um, yeah so also on top of that hungerford said the words direct demo some point during the stream <laughs> and so that has me sitting here dreaming they're gonna have like an official broken anvil tts mod or something oh and... that'd be the dream <laughs> like, the absolute that, is, that would be cool it uh, is that is the dream i mean the they dream. are they are professional like computer uh modelers so it would not be out of the realm of possibility to see some sort of TTS thing, uh, kind of kicking things uh, into gear. That would be so cool. I would. Uh, I'll keep everything crossed for that because that'd be absolutely amazing. Yeah, I'd even. I... I'd throw Can money I... at an official at an official mod. Like <laughs> I would literally be like, "All right, cool. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll play for the, I'll pay for this." Yeah, for sure. Like, can I grow some extra toes so I can cross them? Like. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Nice. So what else did they what else did they cover? So back into the realm of uh real physical stuff is the they talked about the starter boxes and how we're gonna be able to buy into the game. 
So one thing that's super exciting is that they talked about how their starter boxes are going to be a complete gameplay. Like it's going to be a complete warband. You're going to be able to buy a starter box and play the game. So my assumption is that the starter box is going to include two veteran heroes and three follower groups, because that'll give you your two and three. If we're really lucky, maybe it'll be one champion and one veteran. I don't know how they're going to do it. Yeah. And then you get a barracks as well. So yeah, you get the... You get basically confirmed so far in each faction and so this will be for the four main ones and not the wilds they'll get something i think later on um hungerford said um but i think it's yeah it's, it's two heroes three followers and a barracks plus obviously dice tokens gauges rule book etc 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 um and so yeah i guess it depends on the balance of what kind of heroes and stuff we see and four ribbonstone deposits mm. that's right yeah the cast ones, or are they going to be? Uh, are they going to be the actual models? Or are they going to be uh... yeah, the actual models? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. They actually, come with they actually come with the fifty mil uh, base models of Rivenstone deposits. Sweet. Yeah. So Extra you're looking rock. at. <laughs> so you're looking at like nine, ten, eleven, twelve models, uh, plus the yeah, Rivenstone deposits. That's sixteen models in a starter box. Which is, uh, I'm, uh, really I'm assuming, good value. yeah, I'm assuming they're going to be somewhere between $80 and $100. That's a they really wanted, reasonable buy-in. Yeah, they said they wanted to keep it, like, really good value, but also market competitive. Yeah, um, right. Just thinking about, like, the Warcaster starter boxes, it's like, Jack, two solos, and a unit of three dudes for... 70 bucks yeah 70 or 80 I like remember yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so you're getting a little bit more than that um, but the celio cast is a little bit cheaper though than the than the the, the metals though yeah. mm -hmm. so i could easily yeah. yeah i could easily see this for around a hundred dollars plus cheaper to ship mm. less white <laughs> oh yeah most definitely stuff like that so I'm thinking somewhere between $7,500 is probably where it's going to come in. We, we will see, because they were <laughs> they refused to talk about pricing. So. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure we'll hear about that uh, either just before the Kickstarter, or at the very least on the Kickstarter. Um, but yeah, I, regardless, I'm going to throw money at this. But yeah, the, the cheaper it is, the better for me down here in, you know, upside-down land that is Australia. Reese, how else are they going to be getting our money? Oh man, so, oh, there's just gonna be so much stuff. It's gonna be great. Um, some of the stretch goals they mentioned as well, though. Um, one of the, the or one of the potentials is like mats and stuff, but they're actually gonna be doing proper terrain, faction-specific terrain, and terrain for the game. Um, so that's just another thing to just like look at my wallet sadly about. <laughs> oh, yeah, I... so. They're going to be releasing one large piece and two small pieces of terrain for each faction, except for Wild. Um, they did mention, though, so like Wild's kind of mopey because they're only releasing with one hero and one follower group. But supposedly mentioned in the stream that the first release after the game launches is going to include more Wild stuff. 
yeah, say. make make it more of its own faction. Which I mean, it it is its own faction. It's not like meant to be a merc faction. Like it's its own faction. Right. Yeah. Just, just give you more give you more options to be able to like play it solely by itself instead of tagging a terrestrial fiend onto absolutely anything and everything you want to play. <laughs> Speaking of nasty monsters, there we got a little information about one of the event decks, which I was super excited about because I had made jokes about this, like com comparing Finstone to Judgment, like literally a day before the stream. <laughs> and so one of the event decks, the Tale of Beasts, is going to include basically rules for a random monster controlled by AI that's going to run around and cause chaos during your game. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of, it's going to be so cool to see how that works. But yeah, the fact that there's an inbuilt AI mechanic for a, for a monster mob uh, on one of the event decks is awesome. Yeah, and if I mean, they I... if they've already done this with the with an AI monster in the event deck, it would not be hard for them to have some sort of a multiplayer mode where you're fighting an AI monster with uh, together in like a cooperative uh, style play, which I think would be awesome too. Yeah, just like. I like how MCP does with like Thanos and stuff. Like, just come out with yeah, rules. the ultimate encounter stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like come out with rules for like, hey, okay, terrestrial fiends already really disgusting and scary. Now we're gonna bump it up to thirteen, and <laughs> you have to kill it. <laughs> yeah, you and as many friends as you can get, try and kill this thing. That'd be really cool. Sure. That sounds. Uh, but awesome. I think, I think that was all. The fun little stuff we got from the streams. Am I missing anything? I don't believe so. I think that more or less covers all the sort of main stuff. Like, we're looking at, yeah, April start for Kickstarter. Um, you know, worst case scenario, start of next year for um, release or delivery of it. Faction terrain, what's in a starter pack. Yeah. Sweet. So now that we've covered all of that, for anybody that didn't watch the stream, um, much like, watch the stream. <laughs> right. it's like more streams by the time this releases. Uh, we'll go ahead and jump into the articles that we have yet to cover. So I know at the end of our last episode, we came to the realization that we did not go over stats. So... Uh, who wants to take over some stats explanations? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'll hop in, man. Like, that's it's nice and easy. So we've actually seen uh, at least one card from uh, every faction so far, but we'll break down stat cards as a whole um, from top to bottom. Um, now, there's a couple of important things to note. So we've got, uh, with the game itself, you've got followers, heroes, and barracks, which we've spoken about before. Um Followers and barracks just have one side to each of their cards, but the uh, heroes have a flip side, which is their infused side. Um, realistically, the only thing that uh, changes there will be stats on the, each specific card. The rest of the core stuff will um, adjust accordingly as well. But the baseline stats of a card uh, are as such. So a follower card will have a muster stat, which is unique to that, which is just how many um, miniatures are, are in that follower group. And then from there... Uh, we have speed, defense, health, stamina, ingenuity, and leadership. 
all sort of listed down the right hand side at the top of a card um and we'll break those down uh to start with uh, and then underneath that you it basically runs through what each card has uh special ability and attack wise which we'll come to afterwards um but for core stats on a card um speed itself tells you the movement gauges you use to move each miniature in the uh, follower group or as a hero um, and it has two um, gauges listed there uh, separated by forward slash so first stat is if you just move second stat is if you run as well right so like a lion trooper for example has a movement speed of medium slash small so if you take your initial movement, then medium, if you use your second action to move again, a small template for that second action. Yep, yeah, exactly. So yeah, you, uh, basically each thing will have a, uh, uh, if you just move and then did anything else, it's fine. But if you wanted to move again, it counts as a run, and you just move the second value on top of. So yeah, for the Lion Trooper, like Spencer said, it's medium into short. So you just go, if you wanted to do it all in one shot, you could place both templates down, run them right to the end, and they're done. The, uh, the next statistic is defense. So this will tell you how many uh, skill dice you get to roll when you are getting hit by magic or shot in the face with an arrow or chopped up by a sword. Uh, it's just a flat value. So a line trooper, for example, because uh, they're in that, that bulky armor is defense three. So they get to roll three dice to defend. Um, and then go from there. Uh, your next value is health. So this tells you how many wounds or how much damage they can suffer before a model's removed from the table. Um, depending on you know what the follower hero is, it's obviously going to be a lot different. Um, a line trooper, for example, has one health. So if it takes one point of damage, um, that's it, game over, and he's removed from the board. Now, Red, do you want to talk us through the last couple that are on a stat sheet? Uh, oh yeah, sure. So after uh, the health, you have stamina. Uh, stamina is kind of an interesting stat. So like uh, we've talked before about how you will get a certain number of activations on your turn uh, and whether or not something can be activated is based on its stamina. Uh, anytime uh, that you've activated something, uh, which we'll go over in tokens, uh, they will get uh, a token. When their tokens equal their stamina, they cannot be activated again until those refresh. Uh, then they have Ingenuity, uh, and this one is something that I don't know much about. I know, Spencer, you had asked some information about Ingenuity. Is this, uh, well, it's kind of how intelligent or mechanically skilled they are, if I remember correctly? Yeah, yeah that's like the concept behind it. So there's, I forget what the type of action is called, basically. Is it just an interaction of, action? I think yeah, that's, like what I was, that. that's what I was going to say. Interaction. Yeah. Um, interaction action. <laughs> yep. So right. you'll use ingenuity to merrily find Ravenstone, which we'll get into a little bit later. And then also there are going to be scenario mechanics right. that require you to make ingenuity as well as we know that on Corum's card, one of his abilities requires him to make an ingenuity roll. So yeah. it's basically your catch-all stat for anything other than... Now, do we, 
do we know if these are going to be skill dice that they're rolling? Is this like a number of skill dice that they're going to be rolling? Yes, all yeah. all checks are made with skill dice. Nice. Very, very yeah. cool. And then the last stat on its uh, on uh, that side of the card uh, is the crown, which is the leadership stat. Uh, and that is usually expressed, or it is going to be expressed in a matter of distance um, to determine whether or not you're within leadership uh, range of something. Uh, and I think that may have to do something with um, your uh, cohesion, uh, possibly as well, for a unit. Uh, they probably have so... to be within cohesion of each other of some sort. No, actually. No? So, okay. No. So leadership is used for there's going to be different like abilities and things that check for leadership range for like auras and things of that nature. For benefits. Uh, as, far as, yeah. as far as cohesion goes, there is no unit cohesion in Dreadstone. Really? In in fact, there's technically no such thing as a unit. So, for example, these line troopers they have a muster of three. Mm -hmm. It just means that when you summon them and when you activate them, do it in units of three. Say, for example, I summon in three Lime Troopers, and then one of them dies, or two of them dies, right? Then I summon in another unit of Lime Troopers, another three. So that gives me four Lime Troopers on the board. I go to activate my Lime Troopers. It doesn't matter which unit of line troopers it came from. Just pick three line troopers that are on the board and they go off and do their thing. And they all activate individually. So basically it's just a, a group of solos is okay. the best way to think about it. As Like in other game terms is you get to choose three solos of this type. And so when you do a uh, when you do a uh, an action to muster units back or to the board or bring units back to the board through your barracks or whatnot, uh, you're just going to muster three of them uh, that are sitting off to the side or two of them or whatever is sitting off to the side. Uh, but they don't have to come from the same, like you're not going to have to color the bases. Nope. There's, yeah, there's literally no such thing as a unit in uh, Rivenstone. As there's far just... as we know. Oh, that's awesome. It's true. Yeah, as, okay. far as, as far as we know, everything yeah. here is... <laughs> that is true. Everything we say is with asterisks, until we get a full yeah. rule book. But, yeah. but, but that's, that's our understanding. changes. <laughs> right, right. Awesome, awesome. Well, uh, right underneath the uh, top, so that's kind of like the top of the stat, uh, of the stat card. Uh, it's got the picture, and it's got uh, both lines for quick reference. And then in the center of the stat card that divides the top from the bottom is going to be your keyword line. Uh, which is what we talked about uh, when we were talking about building our forces. Uh, and then also the keywords, if I remember correctly, some abilities will key on keywords on occasion, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, that makes yeah. sense to me from what uh, abilities I've been reading. Uh, after that... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I know what abilities you've been reading. <laughs> <laughs> The only difference will be when you look compare a follower card to a hero card, the only difference is obviously followers have a muster stat, 
and heroes mm -hmm. will have two different ones, one of which is their bounty stat, which is how many victory points they're worth when you remove them from the board, and the other one is their infuse stat, which yep. is the number of Rivenstone shards you need to spend to flip them to their other side. Yeah. So mine that Rivenstone. Get those guys flipped. Yep. yep. And then... Charge them up. Yeah, both of them, uh, the bottom half of the card is where they're going to have their weapons uh, and their special abilities. Uh, Spencer, do you want to go over weapons and special abilities? Absolutely. So there's three different attack types that are present in Rivenstone. There is melee, there is ranged, and there is magic. Um, as far as we know, ranged and magic like work the same way as far as like how their attacks goes, but what we know is that magic are considered to be particularly powerful attacks. There's only three of them that are going to be in the uh, initial wave of models. And that's going to come up when we talk about Rivenstone and how we spend it. Now, <clears throat> whenever you look at someone's attack, it's going to have uh, one that's going to denote one of those types. Uh, a sword is melee, an arrow is ranged, and I recall what the magic one looks like because uh, it's like a little like trailing fireball makes sense and then after that it's going to show a range so for melee ranges there's just one range uh in the examples that we've seen i think they've all been close range right uh yeah as far as i'm aware i guess there's the potential for you know if someone's using a halberd it might be a bit more than close range but for now it's all close yeah. I was kind of hoping the Battlemaster's ginormous sword gave him small range, but, you know, <laughs> uh, maybe not. Yeah, like maybe no. the fusil lances on the other dudes might be small range because they're big lances, but... Well, you might so far, also... So far, they... We might also see somebody with tight range, maybe. Like, you know, like fisticuffs or something like that. Yeah, like a brawler, yeah. maybe. Or a dagger, dagger or something, yeah. 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 Um... Yeah, so for melee, you're going to see one range. So far, they're all close, which is two inches. Uh, for a ranged and a magic attack, they're both going to have two ranges. So uh, it'll be range, a plus sign, and a range. So in the Lion Trooper's case, it's medium plus medium. So what that means is that anything within that first range is within range. <laughs> And anything within two ranges put together, uh, but past the first range, is considered long range. And you can still attack them at that range, but they get uh, some sort of defense buff. We're, we're not sure exactly yeah, how, I can't, how that I can't remember if it was, um, I feel like it was extra dice, but I might be getting that mixed up with something else. So obviously we'll have to yeah wait and see what that finalizes out to me. I'm not sure. Yeah, it could be extra dice. It could be an autofocus. Like, uh, mm. like I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's a benefit to being far away from somebody. Easy sweat. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, for example, once again, the Lion Troopers, they have medium plus medium, which means anything within six inches, then they're good to go. Anything within 12 inches, they can attack, but anything that's more than six inches and within 12 inches is going to get a defensive bonus. For uh, another one that we've seen, which is Corum, this is long, long. 
So anything within nine inches is good to go, and then anything within eight in eighteen inches he can still attack. At the farther range, they're going to get a even. Just scary. Yes, um, it is. <laughs> it's, it's so scary. All right, then the next stat that you're going to see next to a little fist is the strength of the attack. So this is the number of dice that you roll uh, when you're making the attack. So as the lovely adage always goes, more dice, more better. So the higher your strength, the more likely you are to hit, the more likely you are to hit, the better you are at killing things. Right. Right. Then your final stat is going to be your damage stat. So it is also broken up into two numbers. So your first number is going to be your normal damage, going to be a slash. Then your second number is going to be your critical damage. So if you roll you know, one of those crit icons on the dice that we talked on the attack die like we talked about, is it 10% of the time? Something like that? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Um, then you will do the second damage. So sometimes it's just plus one, like these line troopers, their stats one, two, but the battle master, for example, is a two, four. Um, and then we've been told that the eight, what's his name? The knight something? Uh, the, the, the assassin from, from the Risen? Master Nightblade. Master Nightblade, yes. Uh, he's a 3-5, so if he crits on you, it's going to hurt. <laughs> yes, and it's a 20% chance for crit because it's two faces of a 10 die. So. Okay, cool. so 20%. So that's nasty. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, that covers all of the basic stats. I think the only other thing like in terms of stats to mention is like when you infuse, you get to your hero heals all of his damage which is pretty awesome, which I think we've mentioned already, but... Yes. Uh... It's definitely worth revisiting, because yeah, <laughs> if, you're, if, you're, if you're about to die and then you just burn your uh, infuse to, of shards to flip over and you're just full health again, it's, mm. <laughs> it's like a super tactical change to what the hell was about to happen. Yeah, and once you've infused, you, you can't infuse again. So once, mm. once you've been flipped, that's, that's it. Until you die, <laughs> you're... Then you have to start again. You can't, you can't heal. You can't heal again through infusion. Obviously, there's other things that can heal, like yeah. some examples of you know what what infusion does because it's all covered in the same article. Is so we have the shard knight, right? And the cool thing is when it flips over to the other side, any changes that are made are going to be very clear. Anything that any changes that's been made to a stat itself is going to have this like green glowy effect on it um so i do like uh, i do like that they've done that like made it very apparent what changes when you flip instead of looking at a card going it looks the same mm -hmm. yeah so like for the shard knight it's gauntlet revolver uh gains plus one damage basically to both of its uh crit and non-crit went from a 2-3 to a 3-4. And then it gained some additional stuff, so its steel skin ability uh, lost a... In order to activate it previously, you had to spend a vigor, but now you don't have to spend a vigor after it's infused, which is huge, because you only get 7 vigor for a whole round. So, yep. it's a big deal. Uh, 
the its other ability, press forward, went from affecting two followers to three followers, so that's a big deal. Then also, I think that was it. Yep. That's yeah, it. that's it. Yeah. That yeah. Is I it. thought there was there was a range increase, but no, I was yeah. wrong. Okay. Yeah, so basically with the special abilities, when uh, a hero infuses, uh, everything gets bolded that's changed, and then any other stats that have changed get that glowing highlight. So yeah, you can just glance at a card and go, oh, that's what's different. Cool, let's go. Hmm. Yeah, it's very, very quick to see. Uh, it's, uh... Yeah. yeah, it's really nice. <clears throat> and then as far as, I guess I guess we'll, we'll run through barrack stat cards real quick. So they don't have Well, anything. there's... There's one Stats. more thing that I think you should go through on stats, and that is the little diamond icon. Uh, ah, the, the action icon, yeah. The action icon, yeah. And then the other diamond icon. Oh, and then the the, the, the shard icon? Is that what yeah. you're talking about? So, uh, yeah, when a, when a model gets to go, it gets two actions, if I remember correctly. Yep. Uh, and then, yep. like, so attacking is an action, moving is an action... Uh, and then some abilities are also actions, and those abilities have a uh, what looks like to be like a god's eye or a diamond uh, right after the name of the action, so you know immediately. So on the Shard Knight, press forward has the little diamond icon, so to use that ability will take up one of your actions. Uh, and, and his is amazing, because it lets him choose two followers within his leadership and then place them within close of him. So yeah. it just gives them a hop, skip, and a jump across to where he's standing. And what I've noticed with a lot of this stuff is that it's keywording, uh, some of these things keyword off a of follower. So like if you have a mixed coalition or a mixed force where you might have, um, you know, Risen in there, he can use that ability and teleport the Risen. Yep. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Some abilities like are keyworded based off of things like Faction. Of quorum, like mm -hmm. an undead, it's even double keyworded because it can't be risen demons. Right, I'm, I'm gonna go on a little soapbox for a second, which I was very <laughs> disappointed in because he's supposed to be the demonologist guy, and his, his ability doesn't affect demons unless it affects it on the infused side, which I really hope it does because otherwise, oh. I'll be sad. Oh man, could you imagine if it affects demon on his flip side? That's going to be amazing. <laughs> I just imagined he went to the demons and he was like, hey guys, do you want to help us out? And they're like, yeah, let's throw this human a bone. And he's like, all right, come with me. And they're like, don't command me. And he's like, all right, whatever you say, sirs. <laughs> I mean, that, all, that also sounds very likely. Very right. Yeah. <laughs> um. And so then, what about the other little diamond icon? Oh, and so the other one is um, specific to some of the abilities. So on the Shard Knight, we see it for his uh, Mark of Conquest, which is his quest. Um, basically, uh, it's, a, it's a Shard icon, so a Rivenstone Shard, and then it references how many you need to spend. So for his Mark of Conquest, it's spend one Rivenstone Shard. Um, this model, and the, the text is basically, you can use it whenever during his activation, and then it'll give you the the clause on how it performs from there. You know, ranges, abilities, and tells you how to score from there. But this is specific to his quest, which is you know, spend a shard. Um, and to to you know, short form what it says, he gets to pick um an objective or an enemy barracks, and you can actually score more victory points um while you sort of have that mark on it and run around and keep doing that to the rest of the board. 
that's um <clears throat> so basically it just indicates how many shards you have to spend in order to activate the ability and then it'll tell yep. you what it does from there yep exactly and if an now ability yeah and if an ability doesn't have either one of those like now I know if an ability doesn't have the action icon, it doesn't cost an action. It's You can just always have it uh, or use it. Um, but on the shard icon, does that count as an action? Do we know if that counts as an action? No, that's that's just a, set, a, spe, a special thing all, all of itself because the actual text tells you that it just happens during its activation. So um, the only difference is that, yeah, that little diamond icon that... Um, that Red spoke about before, where it's, you know, this is an actual action. Um, if it doesn't have that, it'll tell you in its text when it happens. So, for example, with the Shard Knight, he also has um, the Steel Skin ability, um, which is when he's hit, um, you can uh, force him to burn to get your uh, reroll. Um, but that, and that just happens as a reaction due to its text. But obviously, he right. couldn't do that without burning one of his own actions using Press Forward, because that has the little action icon. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a fun little segue into Varys because Varys has an ability that is both an action and costs a Riffin shard. Huzzah! <laughs> Huzzah. Perfect segue. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going back to where I, what I was trying to say earlier, uh, but before I forgot things. Uh, so Barracks, they have their own cards. They do not have stats because they can't really be interacted with. Um, so they have a couple different things. So first we're going to say, uh, in the case of the breach head, and I'm assuming this is probably going to be pretty consistent across, uh, all barracks, is they're going to have this loyal ability. So in the case of the iron guard breach head barracks, it says loyal iron guard. So it says this model can be included in your warband only if your warlord is an iron guard model. So this is the only reference to Warlord we've seen so far, so we don't know if Warlord has some other aspect to it, or if there's requirements to be a Warlord. Like, could I... Could I, I assume it also is necessary for your Coalition. Not sure. That'd be really I weird. Think that's, I think that's the understanding of Coalition, is like, you when you build your heroes, whichever one you pick as your Warlord, you then count the majority of your hero roster from there and then go for the coalition but i could be wrong on that one but i'm fairly certain that's how it was explained that seems it'll, that it'll, seems right to me because it'll be weird to have like two oryx heroes and four oryx followers and then a shard knight be my warlord <laughs> right <laughs> like <laughs> that would make any sense um so, they're all going to have an ability similar to that. I'm wondering if they're going to do, like, similar to how they're going to have coalitions in the future that are faction-specific, if they're going to have uh, barracks that aren't faction-specific. Like, if they had, like, a loyal... Keyword? Machines. Mm. Uh, that's, a, that's a possibility. I don't know. They have so many things that they could do with this game. <laughs> yeah. Keywords definitely make things very interesting. Yeah, most so then, definitely. Uh, all, we know all of the barracks are also going to have some kind of unique, at least at this stage, unique action. Uh, I'm still waiting for the uh, corpse cart for Risen uh, to come out. <laughs> so that you can activate it and say, bring out your dead. Yep. Um, Just start tossing people into it. <sighs> 
And so the like we've mentioned before, the breachhead's action is break ground. This is the ability that is both an action, it has your little action icon, and it costs a ribbon a one ribbon shard in order to activate. So when you activate this action, then you get to basically move the barracks uh, within close range of its current position. Which nice. is pretty sweet. The barracks are on 50s or 60s? I'm pretty it's sure like... they're on 60s for the the um the the barracks, and then because I think the only 50 mil is the Rivenstone deposits themselves. Yeah, the Rivenstone deposits and the objectives I know are 50s, but I thought uh, objectives. That's the other one. Yep. Yeah, I thought the barracks was uh was 60s. I'm not sure. Um, so cool. So it's either maybe two inches or two and third inches. Um, <laughs> so yeah. In, in addition to the two inch range, so yeah. It's going to get to move uh, a fair bit, which is yeah. pretty cool. Uh, and then finally, they have the reinforce action, which, uh, you know, we've talked about. You get to choose a hero and a follower type in your reserves and spawn the chosen hero and number of models of the chosen follower type equal to that follower's muster stat within close range of this model. If you don't have a hero, then you, you can summon two of followers right so just like uh every other model uh, barracks are going to have the option to do two actions i'm assuming they can't reinforce twice um yeah i can't remember if that's been yeah 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 this model cannot perform this action more than once per activation right there you go. Uh, so, last sentence fixes it all yeah. so you could um your actions however you want so you could do a reinforce and a break ground or you could do two break grounds if you really wanted to spin those shards spin them uh yeah, which is which would be like a pretty weird thing to do with the breach head but for example the uh perks one ability is going to let you spawn in another model and it gets a free attack like mm -hmm. if those Three attacks are like that important, and maybe instead of reinforcing, might be the play. Right. Yeah. And when we go over, when we actually go over the cards, cards uh, in, I think we're going to do that next episode when we go over to get into some specifics. I, I want to. I've got a couple of things that I want to point out on some of these things, uh, which I think would be really cool. That took yeah. two episodes for. Uh to go from I don't know what's going on to I got ideas <laughs> I got strategies yeah, this, this, the, the, red, the red thread uh, conference board just covered now uh, that's all right. it is it's a murder see that's that's my murder board for my murder birds <laughs> murder birds murder birds that's right as as stoned by the stone gods uh that was so funny in the stream if y'all if y'all haven't watched the stream it's you gotta go watch it i, I gotta Definitely go back and watch, watch it them. yeah <laughs> all right but yeah that's um that's that's basically all the stack cards and everything that's that's on them that we that we know today so let's go ahead and go into tokens next because they interact with stats so i think this is a good time to talk about them sounds good uh cool 
So our first couple of tokens, um, I'll break it up. I'll do shard and vigor, and then uh, someone else can do. I'll take the next one. Other stuff. Yeah, and then we'll I'm, I'm happy to go. I'm happy to go through conditions. So that's easy. I I figured Reese really wanted to go through the conditions because he he inspoused his love of them. So I'm so keen. I'm so some, keen. Some of these conditions are like, oh, Mark. Oh man, I want to go. You know what, Reese? You can take shit. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Cool. So yeah, when you get your starter box, you're gonna get a whole bunch of uh, tokens, and to indicate different things in the game. So your first is shard tokens. So these are going to indicate how many Rivenstone shards you have acquired. So you can get your Rivenstone shards from mining them or from Rivenstone deposits exploding in your face at the end of turns. Uh, whenever you get uh, Rivenstone shards, you put a token in your well. All right, and they look like these little purple diamond things. Which are pretty cool. Mm. Uh, yeah, so it <clears throat> doesn't matter where, uh, who acquired or how you acquired the Ruben Stars, they just go into your well for you to spend at your leisure. Uh, we'll talk much more in depth about how Rivenstone is spent because there's an entire article about it. <laughs> Next up are your Vigor tokens. So these are interesting. So each player has their own pool of seven tokens and they're double-sided for a round starts you're going to start off with seven vigor you can't go over seven vigor uh, and then you can spend vigor on different things whether it be abilities as well as some uh th common things that you can spend vigor on no matter what so can't think of any of them off the top of my head. It's been mentioned like rerolls, but we're not really, not really sure. I think, I think from my works. understanding, the Oryx Coalition ability lets you burn to reroll attack um, die or skill die during an attack roll. But I might have, I, don't, I can't remember if that is exactly specific to burning a vigor. So um, yeah, no, it, yeah. It, well, I, was, I was talking more in the terms like the the common vigor stuff. So yeah. the, the Oryx Coalition is, is a good example of how you can spend a Vigor. So you said it's, you make an attack roll, your opponent also rolls a defense roll. If that roll is tied, which is pretty much the only time you're going to want to use it, really, mm. you can then make your opponent re-roll one of their defense die. Considering that there's only, for an unfocused defense die, there's only a chance of success and the odds are then going to hit which is a pretty cool ability um another one is like the shard knight that we talked about earlier has an ability that if he's your opponent crits him you can make them re-roll their attack die pretty cool um those are like some some specific your effects some common ones or at least one that I know of, because I just had a conversation with this about Hunger for like a day or two ago. It was yesterday. Yeah, it was definitely yesterday, because it was after you revealed the Battlemaster, uh, is charging. So, any model may activate. It can spend a vigor to 
charge, which means that they can move their movement speed. So they can't run and charge. You can move your normal. There's a word for what the normal get. Move your normal movement, then after you move, you get a free attack. So basically, you burn a vigor to get a free attack after moving. Um, which is pretty cool. And this makes the game even more lethal. <laughs> right. Because we're going to talk about some extra attacks here later. Oh, yeah. Yep. And we're going to talk about movement on uh, our favorite little Thundercat. Yeah. Uh, so the Vigor tokens are pretty cool because they're two-sided. So one side has, like, they just love diamonds. It's like a diamond with a cross in the middle. It's green, and it's lit up. And so that's when you have unburnt Vigor. Then when you burn a Vigor, flip it over to the other side, and it has the same symbol, but instead of being a glowy green, it's like a dark glowy like green. Like a dull, dulled out green, yeah. <coughs> yeah. So that way you know you've spent that Vigor. And then there, we know of at least one way to get Vigor back, and that's through one of the faces on the back die. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's going to be other ways of getting Vigor back at some way shape or form right well and you also get all your vigor back at the end of each round too correct yeah so that's uh shards and vigor those are your main resources in the game make sure that you are acquiring them and managing them well is uh, basically going to determine how successful you are yeah the next two tokens uh, that we can go over is going to be your damage and your exhaustion tokens. So these are kind of tokens that you're going to be placing on models on the board uh, as you go along throughout the, uh, the game. The first one is the damage token, which looks like a little broken heart or a heart that's being ripped in half uh, on the token because uh, heart uh, represents your health on your stat line. Uh, and then the broken heart, of course, is damage. Uh, every time you take damage, you would place one of these tokens on the model. Once they have suffered uh, damage equal to their health stat, then they are returned to your reserves. And then you can respawn them, because of course nothing ever permanently dies in the game. Uh, the second one is our exhaustion tokens. And the exhaustion token works with stamina, just like we had mentioned before on the stat line. Uh, it is like a little lightning bolt inside a lightning bolt uh, on the uh, on the marker there. And every time you activate a model, you will place a, an exhaustion token next to it. Once the exhaustion tokens equal the stamina, you cannot activate that model again until it has uh, had its exhaustion cleared. Which yep. at this point, I don't know how that works. Have you... So I think there's it? been a couple of ways it's mentioned. So one is when everything that you have has exhaustion tokens maxed out to their stamina, mm -hmm. you clear it all. So it's very akin to um, Warcaster um, right. if when you you've, when you've activated everything. Um, and then I think there was another reference where there's going to be abilities or at least like a thing you can do, um, whether it be like a burn vigor. I'm not 100 percent sure where you can remove exhaustion tokens as well. Right. So. Um, but yeah. Also, at the end of rounds, uh, exhaustion is going to be cleared, but it's not going to clear everything. 
gonna clear yeah, I think was that specific things. to the event deck maybe that was like it tell or it was it, there was some mechanic that that's part of the game which will tell you how many you can clear um, at the end of a at the end of a round so yeah but it mentions here that there's going to be that that's going to be covered in a later blog which has not come out yet right so. yeah exactly more to come we we still wait come. with bated breath <laughs> more to more to come and before we get into the condition stuff there is uh, another token uh, that is not necessarily a resource that you're managing or something that is being put onto your models as uh, an indicator of their status. Uh, it is the objective tokens. And these are going to be 50 millimeter based uh, tokens or 50 millimeter tokens. Uh, and then um, a Riven Stone will be 50 millimeter based models. Uh, and the objective tokens, depending on what your mission is, will determine what they are, whether they're like uh, arcane relic or wild magic zones or piece of machinery or something of that nature. And then, of course, the objective will also, or the, the, uh, the scenario that you're playing will also tell you how you interact with them with your ingenuity, I'm assuming. So whether it's an ingenuity role or if it's something proximity-based or just however right. they set up the scenarios, which we haven't seen yet, that'll tell you what you got to do to score those points. Yep. 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 And then, um, yeah, so they basically with the with the objective tokens, it's just, yeah, it's just a, a flat token. It does um, mention specifically that a model can walk over it, but mm -hmm. typically cannot stand on top. So there might be some scenarios that say, this objective counts as something that has a volume to it, but otherwise you can just sort of waddle over top. Right. Yeah, and they're not treated weird. like terrain, uh, yeah. unlike uh, the Riven Stone deposits, which are going to be treated like terrain. Yep, exactly. Yeah. It, says it, it says in nearly every scenario they're not treated as models or terrain, so oh, nearly yeah. means that there are going to be exceptions to the rule, and I'm excited to see what that means. That yep, is that's true. it. And now the uh, the meat and potatoes of this uh, token article was about the conditions, uh, and there is a plethora of them. Um, so with the conditions, there's a bunch of different effects and attacks and abilities that can all activate uh, conditions on things, and the condition will be there until you can clear it, um, which to begin with, to start, I'm pretty sure it's just you can take a cleanse action, so one of your two actions can be to remove one condition you are suffering from. Uh, obviously, that's very specific, where it's like, if you've been hit with four conditions, you can only ever clear one with a cleanse action, unless you use your next action to also cleanse, at which point you're not doing a whole lot. So, um, And then once a, a condition's removed, you immediately um, stop suffering from the effect. So to run through them all, uh, you have a bleed token, which uh, is this model suffers one damage at the end of its activation. You have a burning token, which is this wep model's weapons suffer neg one strength, so that's one less skill die you get to roll. Uh, confusion token, which this model does not count as battle ready when determining which player controls an objective. Um, this one, I imagine, will be, um, if anyone's played uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol, will probably be akin to being injured or healthy. Um, to my understanding, unless we've heard anything otherwise about Battle Ready? Oh, it's, um... Hungerford clarified this, but basically, you, in order to score a scenario, you, ha 
have to be considered battle ready. So every cool. model's initial state is battle ready, and, and there's going to be certain things that can take you out of battle ready, like confusion. Like confusion. Things. Brilliant. Yeah, excellent. Okay, that's really good. Um, next, we have encumbered. So this means that you cannot run, uh, so you cannot perform the run action. We have knocked down, which is this model cannot perform attack actions or move via marching. And any model that attacks a knockdown model can focus their attacks without burning a vigor. Now that is phenomenal. Yeah, that is phenomenal. When we also know that Tor, who's the uh, one of the champion named models for the Oryx, uh, auto knocks people down uh, as part, or at least has it as an ability when he throws his bowlers at people. So you can just like knock down everybody, just like tripping them up with these big stones on chains. Or you can just knock somebody down and then keep wailing on them because <laughs> because your attacks are auto focused. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and then and then your followers follow up and start beating on them. And their yep. attacks are auto focused. Yeah, kick him while he's down. Um, so next we have poison. So this model burns a vigor at the beginning of its activation. If it cannot, it immediately suffers one point of damage. This token is like gonna be my bread and butter i think i'm so excited to see how many poison things i can put in a warband because making your opponent be forced to burn through all of their vigor is gonna be amazing luckily we know that there are no poison effects at release yeah. <laughs> so, so we get so to sad. learn how to manage our resources <laughs> <laughs> before, before we have get... to deal, deal with this nonsense yeah, we do know that the Master Nightblade for the Risen can, uh, he has an ability called Poison the Well, and we know that that'll do something with Poison, but we obviously don't know the extent of the effect. Um, well, we know it doesn't necessarily have something to do with Poison, although it might, but mm. it, we know that it's going to affect uh, Ribbonstone deposits. Yep. So oh, could you could you imagine just making it so if your opponent walks over or uh, and mines that Rivenstone deposit, or if you're if they catch a Riven shard that comes out of one, they just get poisoned? Oh, it'd be so good. That that would be, <laughs> that would be really cool. But that would require <laughs> but that would require poison tokens, which are not available. <laughs> which don't are ruin, not going to don't be ruin my don't ruin my dream, Spencer. Don't ruin the dream. Um, all right, so to carry on with the tokens, we have uh, Raging tokens, which are next, which is this model treats any push result on the attacker die as if it was a cleave result, and it must always resolve a cleave if possible. Um, and if there are no enemy targets within range, the attack must be made against a friendly model. So uh, this is just your dude going absolutely berserk trying to kill stuff. I was actually expecting the Blade Master to have this, some sort of effect that gave him the raging token, but instead mm. he just has the ability as his on his weapon. So he still, I wonder he still, whether still does. Yeah, I wonder whether ability. Ability. Yeah, exactly. I wonder whether there's a leadership ability at some point uh, that forces everything to just be raging around um, anybody, so like a particular hero or, or something like that. Sounds um, very Oryx. <laughs> it does. Uh, so next we have Staggered Token, which is you suffer neg one defense. So this is again just negative one skill die you get to roll when being um when uh rolling for your defense. We have Stunned, which is this model cannot consume any shards. Putting that on a hero is going to be an absolute buster because then they can't infuse, they can't activate quests because the quests we've seen so far have all required burning shards. Um, so that's going to be insane. And the last token we have is a tagged token, 
So when a model attacks an enemy suffering from tag, they can reroll any number of skill dice in the attack roll. Uh, if they do so, the condition does expire. So basically, you get like a, a, a one-use reroll dice. I know they, again, the little fluff, like Tor talks about his, um, his Carnotarix, his little mm. baby, his little pet murder bird having, like, scout functions. So I'm wondering if he's going to have some sort of ability to apply this tag token. Which that makes sense if he's, if he's throwing tough. a bowler, if he's throwing a bowler at somebody to knock them down, why not make it accurate? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Like, how gross does that sound? It sounds amazing. Yep. Yeah, it. so there's there's so many conditions and they're all really, really good. Uh, there's so many like key integral moments that, that can just be like shifted up just from a different condition. Like encumbered alone, you know, not letting anybody run is great. All the way up to, you know, poison, forcing your opponent to, to burn a vigor. Because the fact that you have to um, burn the vigor at the start of the activation means you haven't even been able to use your action to cleanse it yet. Um, so you're, you're always going to lose at least one from poison. <laughs> yeah. And like even some of them, like until you until you get like more into the into the game what's possible don't even you can't even appreciate how good they are like for example when i first saw encumbered i was like okay cool i can't run like how often is that going to be relevant if i run then i, then I don't get to attack and then we figured out so many different ways to get extra attacks <laughs> and i'm like oh, oh so that's... that's actually really really good because that reduces the threat range dramatically Oh yeah, yeah. The, the, those changes, which um, I think we might save for the next one, right? You know, give people something to to, to drool over. Oh yeah, most definitely. Yeah, because I think um, we're getting about, close to the about, hour, right? About, yeah, yeah, we gotta be coming up yeah. close to the hour, right? Yeah, we're we're on the hour right now, uh, and the 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 article on the stone itself and what you can do with stones, and the going into the individual stat cards. I think that's going to be a full hour all by itself. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. sounds good. There you go. So, something to keep people enticed for the next one. Right on. <laughs> They're just like, we're just going to go read the blog. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so we don't have to wait for you cool people. To to us talk about it. <laughs> you want to say that we were talking in the Discord about like potential future factions and models and stuff, mm -hmm. and you mentioned owlbears. Oh. And Griffith posted that little, you know, I think it's sh uh, Shack doing yep. a little like shimmy, shimmy thing. Shimmy yeah. Shack. I was, I was like, I feel like I'm getting teased, and I don't know if there's an owl bear coming or not. But if there's not, I just want Griffith to know I'm very, very disappointed. I, I, I just was gonna say like, there's, there's so much owlbear. room. There's so much room for uh, anything in the wilds faction. So if there's right. not an owl bear, I'll be concerned. I am. <laughs> I am still rooting. Or Oryx riding giant bees as like an air cav Oryx uh, uh, follower. That would have to be the biggest bees ever. <laughs> like, like, that was the other cool thing about the, um, the stream was they showed off like models and the scale that they're at. Mm. And Orcs are huge. I know, but if they've got They're that merc, or or just one <laughs> veteran on a giant bee, uh, that would be acceptable as well. 
And then instead of murder birds, he's got like a flock of, of, uh, of mutated giant bees. That would be great. I'm just thinking about this thing. This is completely unrelated to Ruinstone. But I... I'm in Louisiana, so we do hunting and stuff. So I was watching this thing about this new uh, head that these people are releasing. And it's called like the Arachna something. Basically, it's like the spider. Arachna something. I'm like, oh, cool. It's going to be it's going to be an eight head, eight headed broadhead. Right. No, it's a six headed broadhead. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not a spider. <laughs> it's not how this works. It's if it has six legs, it's an insect. <laughs> like, right. I was real bad. It's real bad. It's completely relevant to everything. And Red, you can feel free to cut this out. But oh, no, it's perfectly fine. I'm, I'm still salty about that. Like, how annoying. See, now, now I expect, like, for them to have uh, some sort of arachna figure, and then when you look at the arrow of the auric, who's, like, firing it, it's only got, like, six fins on it. Just, <laughs> just for you. Like, like just to bother me. <laughs> oh. That's oh. I have, uh, like, an alt model of the, uh, the head huntress, and she's gonna have, like, a big javelin. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like... <laughs> so she's gonna have this whole like spider motif going on and then it's just gonna have six legs six veins yep ah <laughs> uh, that would be do, perfect that would be do perfect really wanna, i do want to see some spider cavalry like... spider cav would be sick i wonder if they ever if they ever did like um a goblin faction oh. or something to that extent like you could have them riding spiders I don't, I don't want another spider do. faction. Ugh, I hate I spiders. I don't, I don't know if they're gonna do that just because, like, Age of Sigmar. Yeah, I was gonna say it's it's it's, it's a very Warhammer looking model, but it's, I'm sure there's a way you could do it where I mean it would I mean hell they could just do like half people half spiders like just do Driders as a faction like. Yeah. yeah. I mean it was, I, yeah they could definitely do do that but yeah Driders for a while mm. or instead of or instead of goblins they could do like. Golds or like fungus people riding yeah. spiders. That'd be cool. I'd be totally be down for some fungus people riding spiders. That'd be 100%. awesome. All right. So I think that's it for us today. Uh, thanks for joining us. Go ahead and just take us on out. No, it's just the spiders, <laughs> and I'm like, ah. <laughs> like Rich just wants to stop talking. Just, just to stop the recording. <laughs> Alright, oh. everyone. Well, thank you for listening to this round of Barracks Action. I am Spencer. I am Red. And I am Reese. Catch you next time.
music entitled District 4, provided by Kevin McLeod of Incomputech.com. Licensed under the Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. You can find out more about the Creative Commons license at creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by backslash 4.0.